Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. We're going to be here over the next 30 or 40 minutes talking all things Ligue Les Bleus and the end of the transfer window. My name is Adam White and I'm joined by Eric Devin and Jeremy Smith. First of all, we're going to round up the weekend's fixtures. So coming back from the international break, Lorient beat Lille 2-1 on Friday night. PSG routed a promoted Clermont 4-0 on Saturday afternoon with a very depleted side after those international games. Marseille went to Monaco and with a Bamba Dieng brace beat Monaco 2-0. On Sunday, Montpellier started off proceedings by beating Sanetienne 2-0. No Delors or Laborde having moved on over the transfer window, but still got that win against Sanetienne on Sunday lunchtime then in the multiplex Rons beat Rennes 2-0 Lons got a last minute winner against Bordeaux to win 3-2 Brest and Angers drew one each and Metz lost at home 2-0 to Troyes Nantes and Nice followed up those four games with Nice winning 2-0 at Nantes and the Sunday night primetime game was Lyon Strasbourg Lyon running out 3-1 winners so we're going to start with what was probably the headline game of the weekend on Saturday night between Monaco and Marseille. Eric, uh, 2-0. Monaco only winning one game of their first five league and outings, already out of the Champions League and into the Europa League. It's a bit of a disastrous start for them. Tell us how this game played out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's not unlike um, Monaco's season last year. They were leaky at the back. They were struggling to get goals. And then they came good. But... You know, taking taking this as a larger point, I, I do kind of wonder, coming back from a short summer, now I know Monaco didn't have a lot of, of players away, uh, you know, at, at European Championships, Olympics, what have you, um, compared to some other teams. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think some of the same issues are, are starting to rear their head. I mean, you've got um, a lack of depth in this team, it seems like. You know, I, do they have a left back? Um, that they trust, you know, I know they signed Ismail Jacobs or Jacobs uh, be, beyond Caio Enrique um, midfield, even with John Lucas looking bright, you know, Chamani and Fofana, um, you know, you got, you got these guys playing a bevy of international matches, um, which was not the case for Marseille. Um, and I think that between that and this being a Derby, uh, they were kind of caught cold. Um, they looked to, uh, you know, lack a bit of zest, lack a bit of energy, lack a bit of drive. Um, and I think as a result of that, you had the result you did, um, you know, they, they've got to get to grips with things and quick and quickly. Um, you know, I think that I thought that they had put sort of their uneven start to the season behind them with that, uh, display against Shakhtar away, you know, despite the result. Um, but this seems like, you know, they're back to, you know, back to, back to the same, same struggles. I mean, I mean, and look at the table here, but. Uh, how many goals do they even have? Three. It's the worst attack in the league. Uh, you know, tied with Nantes and, and Ren, who have also not got off to a great start to the season. Um, so, you know, as clinical and incisive as, as Ben Yedder and Volland were last year, you're, you're looking at, um, you know, two players who aren't spring chickens. I think Ben Yedder's 31 and Volland's 29. Um, and I think that the, the rhythm of, of playing um, – you know, so much football. It's clear that Kovacs doesn't really trust Boadu yet. 
um, I, I think that that's that's what was catching up to them. Their ability to be clinical and to to uh, to finish um, is what's what's at play here. I know Vaughn took some time to hit to you know get up and running last season, but you know now he's he's been in the gun for more than a year. Uh, he's firmly, firmly ensconced in what uh, Kovac wants to do. So I think it's it's you know a lack of of quality and attack where those players were so incisive last season. Uh, now they're not, and the, you know the, the supporting cast, is, if you will. I mean, not to take anything away from like and Pofan, uh, Justin Martin's job, etc. Um, you know, I, I think that they, um, you know, as fine as they they are, um, you know, I, I think that you need, you know, this team is going to live and die by the ability to put its ability to put the ball in the net. Um, you know, we've seen flashes of that from Martins and Jupp, but um, really it's got to come down to Benyetta and Boland um, responding a little bit better. Yeah, I definitely feel like there's there's a lot of responsibility on those two two players. And it's, it's odd because they're the same team that, that started, you know, did so well at the end of last season. And I feel like the, the rotation and resting at this stage of the season for the Champions League qualifiers was actually a bit of a bad idea. I felt like they really struggled to get up some rhythm by rotating for Fana in particular at an out. Benyetta's been used sparingly in general. Um, Voland hasn't played every game either. And then Diop and Jelson and, and Golovin, or that's a French pronunciation of it, Golovin, was, um, have, have all sort of rotated in and out. And there's been no consistency. And at this stage of the season, season you need that rhythm. You need those players to get up to, to, get up to speed and and, and you need to build that fluidity after the summer. And yeah, March or, you know, even earlier than that, perhaps second half of the season, fine, rotating rest players. But they really struggle to, to build any any consistency and fluidity and momentum over those games, even though, yes, they come thick and fast. But in theory, they've had, you know, most of these players, okay, some played at the Euros and some played in South America. But, you know, they've had the summer off and they should be, they should be really pretty uh, pretty fresh and be able to play a couple of games a week. So that that kind of thing did sort of stick out to me. And that's that's where they started so far. They just looked like a bit of a, a bit disjointed. Um, one team looking slightly less dis- disjointed, as we were discussing before we came on, uh, are Leon Jez, a 3-1 win over Strasbourg uh, last night. I thought it was a pretty pretty routine win, but they, they, it was probably their best performance of the, of the league season so far. Um, Three-on win, Pakatar coming off the bench after a very late return from Brazil with a, with a third, and Dembele with a brilliant opener. Um, this Leon team may be starting to come together slightly, do you think? I think that we're definitely seeing sort of, um, I guess, green sheets. I mean, going forward, um, I mean, even we've discussed before pre-season, if you if you wanted to see goals, Leon was was the team to watch because they were scoring a few, but also shipping loads. And and going forward, they do look like a sort of Peter Bosch team in that they are playing some good football. They've now added obviously Shakiri to the midfield. Um, and and we know that you know the likes of Shakiri, Pakatag, Gimaraish, and Anawa, they're, they're they're great footballers on their day. They're all a bit sort of mercurial, but all very talented. Um, and then you know who is this this new striker they've got, Musa Dembele, because entirely different player to the to the one we saw uh, or didn't see much of last year. And, and there were some mitigating circumstances, but you know it's such a cliche with with centre forwards that so much of it is about confidence and and the fantastic opener that he scored yesterday. Just you know you'd assume that he wouldn't even have had the guts to try that at any point last season. But the few goals this year, you know, some of them tap-ins, um, a penalty or whatever, but just having those goals behind you gives you the confidence and the, the sort of freedom to to try out the kind of thing that he, d- he did this weekend. So certainly going forward, they're, 
there it seems like it's beginning to click and perhaps more importantly defensively where where they really look shaky um okay Nantes and Strasbourg aren't necessarily the most stellar opposition and, and Strasbourg got that late penalty but you know if if the last couple of matches and and only one late penalty conceded is a sign of, of things to come and I still think Lopez for for all his um you know kamikaze tendencies I still think he's a he's a very good keeper and and in some ways very underrated um he's he's a sort of great last line of defense and and Boten coming in and not necessarily obviously at the peak of his career, but that kind of experience has, has got to help as well. Um, so things are looking a bit better. I still think maybe fullback wise, it's not they're not the strongest, but if they can get the defense working as a as a good unit um and kind of keep that 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 sort of attacking um philosophy, um <laughs> Yeah, they're not they're not going to be challenging for the title, obviously, or anything like that. But hopefully they'll they'll you know, I think over the last few years they've they've not become popular amongst neutrals. But if they can start to maybe win a few neutrals back just by playing good football, um and and again just try to get more consistent positivity out of some of those players who can really blow hot and cold, then um, you know, I, th- I think they can have an, an enjoyable season, and, and certainly, certainly should be pushing, should be pushing for for Champions League places, and, and maybe sort of setting things up for um, I don't know seasons to come. Um, yeah, Jeremy, but- I just wanted to push back a little bit on the fullback point. I think Emerson was excellent yesterday, um, and I know I know it's only one match, but um, up against Frederic Gilbert, who is you know. An- probably the second or third best right back in the league last year, um, having joined Strasbourg on loan. He was excellent after coming in in January. Um, but yeah, I thought Emerson kept him in his pocket and he, you know, he added, he added width and assured, assured positional sense, um, you know, especially with Toko Kambi ahead of him, you know, not a player who's going to do a lot of work tracking back, um, you know, to have that much more solidity and balance on that left side. I mean, it's been lacking. I mean, really since Ferland Mendes left, um, I think that's a huge step up. Um, Gusto looked a little shaky at times, but, um, you know, I, I think he's someone who shows a lot of potential going forward and is a little less one-dimensional than, than his Dubois. So maybe there's even hope there as well. Well, I, I like Gusto a lot. And yeah, I, I agree. Emerson had a good game yesterday. I'm just not convinced sort of across the whole season necessarily that he's going to be, um, I don't know, as reliable as some. But, I mean, actually, it's hard to think of ex- very reliable fullbacks in 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 league at the moment. So I don't know. For me, that's still the shaky positions. But no, I, I agree. Like he did have a good game yesterday, and I'm excited to see more of Gusto, especially considering it's such an issue at, in the in the French lineup. That you know, if he can push forward and he chooses French to to represent France, that could be a really positive thing going forward. Yeah, I definitely agree with the Gusto point. Um, I, I kind of agree to elements of, of with, with both of your points. Um, I, I thought Gusto was really good yesterday uh, and and looked, looked very assured for, for an 18-year-old. I, you know, maybe there's a situation where Leon, you know, can get a good fee for, for Leo Dubois at the end of the season if Gusto continues to progress and they can promote promote him into the into the first 11. I think on Moussa Dembele, um, about him sort of being a player transformative, as, as, as Jez was saying. I think in this league, if, if you give him the confidence and you give him the, the minutes and you give him the opportunity, he's going to score a lot of goals. 
And he seems to have Peter Bosch's sort of, you know, faith. He started every game. He's only come off once. He played 90 minutes, which wasn't the case uh, under previous coaches. And he was I cap- think, captain yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he was. He so clearly does have, you know, the manager's, you know, faith. And, and he's clearly become a senior sort of voice in that in that dressing room, or at least a senior figure. You know, he's, he's, he's got a great record in Ligue 1. And I think if you give him the, the games and the, the opportunity, he's going to score a lot of goals. Got, I think he'll probably get 20 plus goals in the league this season if, if you, you know, if, if he gets no injuries and, and, and he manages to, to maintain that level of, of uh, you know, those those sort of minutes. So, yeah, they've got they've got some they've definitely got some some options. And Shakiri was had a good debut, got an assist. Bruno was Bruno Grimaldi was brilliant. So, yeah, there's definitely, as you say, green green shoots uh, of recovery for Leon. Um, possibly a Europa League run is is on the cards. Um just before we move on to the rest of the league, which is going to sort of intertwine with some chat on transfers, we thought we'd circle back to France, uh, who played three games uh, over the international break. Um, five draws in a row up until the final game of the break against Finland when they beat uh, beaten 2-0, beat Finland 2-0. Um, they'd only lost one game at home in the past 22, which was to Finland, um, but they they managed to get through that game with a brace from, from Antoine Griezmann. Um, can we be positive about this France team? There was a lot of negativity over the break. Deschamps was under a lot of pressure, uh, drawing some what was seen as sort of some silly games, early exit from the Euros. But you're a little bit more hopeful about this France team. Well, hopeful might be a bridge too far. I just I think he he got it right. Um, you know, playing three at the back, I, I think that there is scope to do that. Um, given the the quality of the center backs you have, um, you know, I, I like Zuma. On the right side of a three, um, you know, Kempembe makes me less nervous, <laughs> at least on the left side of a three, rather than be, being as part of a two. Um, you know, you've got Teo Hernandez, who I think, you know, is is sort of stepping out of the shadow of, of his brother and, and looked, looked brilliant. Um, again, as you rightly alluded to there, um, or, or was it Jeremy? I'm sorry. Um, the right side, I, I have more questions maybe. Um, the right wing back position, but you know, playing that three four one two with with Griezmann, uh, who's a hardworking player, um, can, he can allow Pogba to get forward. While also, was also being creative himself. Uh, there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, you know, the question, the jury, obviously, because Mbappe wasn't available on against Finland. Um, you know, the question would remain. You know, are you playing Benzema with Giroud? Are you playing Benzema with Mbappe? Uh, Giroud wasn't included in the squad. Maybe that's it for him for France. Um, but if you can get um, that front three sorted a little bit more um, and relying less on their individual brilliance, um, I think, I think, and I hope um, that there's a little bit more of, of, a, of a through line, if you will, that makes sense here um, amongst, amongst playing the system. Um, you know, Pogba and Kante is the middle two. And I, I know Pogba, I mean, yeah, France got to the finals of the Euro in 2016 with Pogba playing as part of a two. Um, but it's really, it's really sort of been sort of mixed bag for him. But I think that this will allow him uh, just a little bit more cover because you know we do know how hard Grayson's worked um, uh, at Atletico Madrid. Um, you know what Diego Simeone is required of his players. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of positives to be taken from this match. I know it's only Finland, um, but again, you know you you didn't have Conte in the eleven, you didn't have Mbappe. Um, you know, you're, yeah, this, this wasn't exactly a first choice France 11 either. Um, so I think, I think all told there's, there are, you know, let's, let's keep it, keep it the green shoots theme. Do you, you on board with that, Jez? You think Deschamps got it right this time around and is the, is the sort of criticism he received fair? 
I think some of the some of the criticism has been fair. Um, I mean, leading sort of going back back to the Euros, um, but I mean, I, I tend to very much be on on Deschamps' side. I think he gets far too much flack and this lazy oh, you know, he's ruining an amazing generation and Zidane would do so much better. I just I just think is is really churlish and and yeah lazy from a lot from a lot of media and even supporters um so i sort of respect him for for trying to to change things and kind of do what he himself did as a player in, in that france team sorry not him as a player but the team that he was in that you know they won 98 with very defensive football and, and 2000 with very attacking football and i think maybe he's been trying to do that um i just think possibly maybe because it's not his style of football or, or um, I don't know. I, I think it's been slightly misguided. I think he's treated Giroud disgracefully, and I'm, I'm really surprised at that, actually. Um, but I think um, the the sort of stop-start time that, that France have had since the Euros has been partly because of him trying to find the right system. But I think there are other mitigating circumstances, as, as Eric alluded to. This, you know, There's been a lot of injury disruption um, both sort of leading up to this latest international break, but also during the break itself. Um, and, you know, the form of players has to count as well. And then I I do think, to an extent, attitude of certain players. Benzema, I think, has been exemplary since he's come back. But, um, you know, I suppose it depends on what instructions he's been given. But um, as a centre-forward, you would like to see him occasionally sort of in and around the, the penalty area. Um, and I don't think him constantly dropping back has helped Griezmann out. Griezmann himself obviously has, has a lot been played a lot out of position. And Mbappe is obviously the interesting one because um, during the Euro and, and even the, the Bosnia match, he was the only one that seemed to be kind of making anything happen up front, but also seemed to be squandering lots of chances with, with sort of selfishness and also maybe a lack of positional discipline at times. So I think the Finland match is really interesting because it, it, it showed that one of these systems has got a lot of potential, as Eric said, with the right players in the right positions. I completely agree about the Kimpende point. Um, I'd quite like to see both Hernandez next to each other on the on the left-hand side, possibly. Um, we saw Griezmann in the in 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 the right place. The the knock-on effect on Pogba, who I think he was superb in the World Cup because he really went back to basics. The pre-World Cup Pogba was so frustrating. Like every time he got the ball, he had to do a pirouette or try to find a 40-yard pass. And I think during the Euros and the first couple of matches last week, he was doing that again. But I think it might have been because he seemed to be the only player trying to do anything. Um, with Griezmann back ahead of him, I think he feels more comfortable going back to that very simple, keeping things moving, doing his defensive job as well, um, and kind of pushing up and giving the attack a bit more support when needed, but not constantly. Um, and I think the Switzerland match kind of summed up recent Pogba in that he scored that superb goal, lots of brilliant forward passes, but I think he he didn't win. I think he didn't win a ball at all in 120 minutes. And obviously that crucial third Swiss goal was his fault. Whereas the other day against Finland, I think he he won the ball back, I think more times than any French player has done since he had done a couple of years back. So um, I think 
just getting two or three players in the right position has a really positive effect on all of the rest of the team. And going forward, I think the most interesting thing was, of course, how well Griezmann and Benzema work together. And I, surely it can't escape Mbappe's attention. I realise he's kind of undroppable, but I'm not entirely pleased with his attitude on or off the pitch for France recently. And hopefully this has given him something to think about because we know he's got a bit of an ego. We know he, he likes to be liked. And it'll be interesting to know what he was thinking seeing Griezmann and, and uh, Benzema get all these plaudits with him not there. So we need to see now, can he do that Martial role, which is maybe a little bit more unsung. He won't get all the headlines and all the match-winning goals. Um, but if he can sort of fit into that team ethic a little bit more, then I still think those front three can work together. And if the rest of it works and that front three can click, then, I, you know, again, France will be um, an extremely powerful force. Yeah, it's, a, it's an absolutely ridiculous front three when you think about it, just, just fitting them in. And if Mbappe can play that role, because it seemed to work, as you said, with, with Benzema and Griezmann as a good partnership and, and playing all three of them playing pretty centrally. That, that could be in theory pretty pretty devastating, especially which is a solid base of that that sort of three slash five man defense. Um, it's interesting on Mbappe's sort of mindset. You know, there were reports of him um, contacting the president of the FFF and and asking for a meeting with him and complaining about not being protected by by the FFF after his penalty miss against Switzerland and after the criticism he got. Um, which which is, I mean. Uh, it feels that does sort of smack of, of, of a certain ego, doesn't it? Which, which I guess is understandable given his his sort of status within the game. But still, it's it still feels a little bit. It's not the Monaco Mbappe is is, is kind of my point. It's he's definitely um, sort of his attitude has changed since since arriving at PSG. Not necessarily because he's arrived at PSG, but as, as a you know, obviously he's uh, a lot older since he left Monaco. He's been there a few years now, but his attitude has definitely slightly slightly changed. Um, interesting group, in fact, France. They've, they've drawn three of six games and they've got 12 points. And in another group, if they had a competitor, they might be a little bit in trouble. But rather brilliantly, only Fra only Finland have actually, the only other team of five in the group to win a game at all. Ukraine is second with five draws which, out of five games, which is fantastic. Um, so France are actually seven points clear at the top of the group. So that they're, they're, they're sort of tinkering from Deschamps and then the, the in up and down form and the, the draws uh, are pretty indicative of the rest of the group. And, and France are well on their way to qualifying for the World Cup. Since last we spoke, uh, the uh, transfer window has, has uh, as Sky Sports News like to say, slammed shut. Um, so I figured we'd sort of talk about the, the the headline transfers from the window and and sort of think about who came out best and who perhaps didn't. So I'm going to ask the guys to sort of put forward their sort of uh, eye-catching transfers uh, of the of the window. Maybe then we can do a, a top three and a bottom four uh, for for the rest of the season now that we know the rest, uh, you know, the, the full squads, if you like. So, Eric, any any sort of transfers that really stood out for you over the league and a uh, very busy uh, league and uh, transfer window? I really like how um, Nice have made uh, the signing of Jean-Claude Trudeau permanent. Uh, I think that the partnership that he and Donch are forming is looks to be a formidable one. Um, and I know that, you know, we've talked a lot about uh you know, how well Nice have done to bring in attacking players, thinking of Weary, thinking of Bilberg in recent seasons. Um, but I, I think that, you know, we've seen it, we've said this ad nauseum, you know, defense is what makes teams, defensive solidity is what makes the team competitive in Liga. Um, we've seen that with Lille in recent seasons, I mean, even Monaco back when they were 
you know, mowing everyone down six to one. Um, they still were relatively solid at the back. Um, I think keeping that in mind, um, you know, th that partnership between Totobo and Dodge, you know, should the veteran be able to stay fit, I think is going to be really, really impressive. Um, you know, playing ahead of, again, Walter Benitez, an underrated and excellent keeper. So that to me, I think is, is the, the transfer that has, uh, for me, the potential the most can be the, make the biggest difference um, on the table. I mean, yeah, we could talk about Hakimi, Messi, you know, Donnarumma, but I think in terms of the league being different this season and, and, and some surprise packages, um, that to me is, is I think, the, the one that's going to have most immediate effect. I, I really do see Nice as being best positioned to challenge, challenge PSG for the, ta the table. I think we're going to see, you know, all those other contenders, Monaco, Marseille, Leon, Ren, uh, really struggle with Lille, really struggle with with European football and balancing and uh, as a balancing act in terms of squad depth. Um, these don't have that hanging over them. We know how, what a good manager Galtier is. Um, but yeah, for me, it's got to be Todipo. Yeah, I really like, that's a really good pick. I, I'm a huge fan of Todipo. I think he was sort of misguided in his way left to lose. He was fantastic. And he played 10 games with Toulouse, but over those 10 games, he was brilliant. And then the move to Barcelona was never going to get games and it was just stunted his growth. And the returning to France with Nice is, is the perfect move for him and still 21, still lots of time uh, to develop. And you're right, him and him and Dunch together make a really, really interesting and dynamic defensive defensive, defensive partnership, especially under the, the sort of tutelage of Gautiers. Obviously proved last season with a sort of older experienced head and a young uncoming, uncoming up and coming defender with uh, with Font and, and Botman. You know, you can get a lot of results from from situations like that. So a really interesting one there. Jez, uh, any any transfers that you'd like to pick up on that stood out for you over the course of the window? Um, I'm sort of thinking defence-wise as well. I just wanted to mention a couple of fullbacks because that seems to be my theme today. Um one of them is is Hakimi. I know it's an obvious one, but to be honest, I've got a little bit bored with with hearing about you know PSG's you know the greatest transfer window in history and all that kind of thing. As far as I'm concerned, they didn't need. They're all great names, but some of them have passed their best, and they didn't need any of the people they signed except Hakimi. And I just think the way he's immediately sort of settled into that team, doing his defensive bit. Okay, that this these aren't the the matches where he's going to be judged defensively, but certainly attacking wise, he's already added a huge amount to PSG, and I I think he could be, you know, filling that problem right back position could be the difference in terms of how far PSG go in the Champions League. And the other one, though it pains me to say it, is that I think Frankowski so far that uh, Lance has looked like a a, a really clever signing. Um, we know how good a season Klaus had last year on the on the right. It looks like they they found sort of the, the perfect um, partner on the left, and and having that that kind of defensive but also um, attacking go forward on on both sides um, just adds even more to to the quality of Lance's play and and the, the attacking threat that they've got, um, which we saw again. At, this weekend, you know, throwing away a two-goal lead, but still managing to to come out of it with the win at the end. Um, so, yeah, if he if he can maintain the, the form that he started with, I think he's already got three assists. Um, then, then I think that that could prove to be one of the one of the best signings of the summer. We've only got a few minutes left, but I wanted to sort of throw this at you guys. Um, top 
three and bottom three. If you could uh, give me your, your sort of top three Champions League contenders or qualifiers, I should say, and perhaps your bottom three relegation uh, likelies uh, for the for the end of the season. Now we know what these final squad, well, you know, squads final until January at least um, look like. Uh, Eric, your top three. Yeah, PSG, Nice and Marseille. Nice one. Uh, Jez, what do you think? find it hard to argue with that to be honest <laughs> yeah i'm going to be really boring and say that's exactly what i was going to say with psg top knee second and marseille third um bottom three eric what do you think Oof, this is hard uh it really is um you know I, I think we should expect some teams to come down to earth but i think off the top of my head i'd have to go with um bordeaux and strasbourg going down automatically wow. uh maybe breast for the playoffs uh, interesting Bordeaux to get relegated Jez what do you think do you agree with that Bordeaux I've been slightly unfortunate and I'd, I'd sort of have faith in Petkovic to, to do something with them um, with my obvious negativity I mean after the first match I was so positive but Mess have been so horrific since then and they haven't exactly had a difficult start fixtures wise I am seriously worried about them so I think I might actually put them somewhere in the bottom three, the rate things are going. I'm still not sure Trois have got quite enough quality. And the same for Clermont, unfortunately. I think they've been fantastic. But, um, yeah, I think they, they might still... I, I, just not sure they'll they'll sort of last the season. Yeah, there's a lot of options down there. It's going to be pretty closely thought because the promoters have done okay. Uh, Clermont obviously done very well so far, obviously beaten beat 4-0 by PSG at the weekend, but still very, very good so far. Uh, I'm worried about Rons. I think their team just seems to keep getting weaker and they somehow seem to get away with it. They've only lost one of the first five games and maybe they're just going to you know, grind it out. But um, I think their team's slowly looking like a league team and uh, Xavier Chavalaran moving to, to Troyes was a big surprise for me. Uh, one of their better players, you know, just allowed to leave rather you know out of, out of nowhere so i'm i'm putting them in the bottom in the bottom three and then after that it gets pretty t- tricky i think i've backed to, to stay up but i think maybe they just may not have enough quality but they made some good signings i like Justin rodriguez from dynamo kiev ripar from neem is a good signing as well they've got a lot of options adol rami's there too so you know maybe they can sort of bring it together but i just feel maybe they don't have the depth in their team across across the 11 to to, to stay up. And then with them, I think Bordeaux finish 18th. Uh, looking to sign a striker linked with uh, Islam Slimani and Mbaini Yang and Habib Diallo, which quite, might be quite good because France French clubs are allowed to sign a, a wildcard uh, player outside the window as long as it's from another French team. Um, they definitely need a source of goals, so don't rate Huang particularly highly or, or as a source of goals. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I think it's going to be pretty tightly contested, but uh, Rons, Bordeaux and... Uh, and Toir on my bottom three. Um, that is just about all we've got time for here on the Get French Football News Show. We'll be back next Monday to talk round six already of, of Ligan. In the meantime, keep your eye on our Twitter feed at GFFN on Twitter, of course, and the website getfootballnewsfrance.com for all the latest stories covering the entirety of Ligan and French football as a whole. Massive thanks to Eric and to Jez. I've been Adam White and we'll see you next Monday. Have a good week and enjoy the football.